My name is Jenny, and I'm a wife and mom raising two kids. But I used to live a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I said goodbye to TV and hello to motherhood, I suddenly discovered what we moms are up against. We live in a world that tells us to be rich and famous, thin and successful. You know, almost nobody says, oh, hey, you're a mom? That is fabulous. But you are fabulous, and I'm here to tell you why. It's Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Yes, we are here for you, and I'm going to get right to our guest today in about a minute or two because uh, I think she's got a lot to teach you. She would say she doesn't necessarily want to come from a perspective of teaching you, but she has schooled me with her new book. She's a very popular blogger. She's a mother of five because she has recently adopted two more children. She has written a very... uh, famous book, I would say, and very popular uh, called Seven. And she has re-released a book called Interrupted. But more than that, she's got an HGTV special coming up tomorrow, August 7th at 10 p.m. Central. It's about her home makeover, which has everything to do with her life makeover. Again, I would say all of this stuff could be life-changing for you if you listen up today. I'm not here to condemn you. Neither is Jen Hatmaker who is our guest. Uh, I am not here to tell you you've got to follow a 10-point program to be a better Christian or a better non-Christian. I am not here to tell you that this is what you owe the world. I am here to rock your world a little bit, though, as Jen has done for me. Uh, Jen Hatmaker does join us again on Channel Mom. She was here with us on Monday. Uh, Let me just tell you two couple quick things that I'm going to have her tell you about. Uh, her, they tell a beautiful story about how they went out after an exhausting Easter to go to a last-minute service, uh, and they came out barefoot. And how that changed their lives. And it seems crazy and weird, but coming out barefoot of, from that church changed everything for them. How her husband, who is a pastor, was led to give some money away, and he wasn't feeling very pastoral about it. <laughs> he really didn't want to give it away, but what happened after he did? It's one of those miraculous moments where it all teaches us that there really is a God and he sees everything we do. Uh, and even if you don't believe there's a God, Jen's got a message for you. So she has really released her book called Interrupted. She's a very popular blogger, speaker, and author. She does have this HGTV special coming up. But she would tell you it's all about not promoting herself. So when she talks to us today, it's not about her promoting herself. It's about helping you to see your own importance without promoting yourself. It's, it's, it's tough stuff, but it's great stuff. She's changed my perspective on how I am to pursue Channel Mom and bless you as mothers and families. She has changed my perspective on how I am to be a slave to what you need in all the best ways, not the worst ones. She has changed my perspective on the thought that every time I'm helping a person, every time I'm feeding a hungry belly, every time I'm hugging a crying mother, I'm doing that for Jesus. So I love her already, and I would call us uh, sisters. She's Jen. I'm Jenny. And I want to welcome her back to Channel Mom. Welcome back to Channel Mom, Jen. Jenny, thank you for having me. I love how you just said that. That is so special. <laughs> thank you. We can be, have a mutual admiration club, okay? <laughs> I wasn't sure. I mean, I admitted this on Monday. I wasn't sure. I mean, I went to my husband. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this Jen Hatmaker and all the things yeah. she's challenging me to do. Look, I, I, just so you know, you came from a very Christian background. I very. came from a daddy who's a theologian, uh, mm-hmm. probably a fairly liberal theologian. I come mm-hmm. from a family, most of whom would say that they, they do not follow Jesus in the literal sense, meaning they mm-hmm. don't think the Bible is true. They, they like to take the symbols from the Bible and some yep. of the philosophy 
movies from the Bible. I come from a, a very a politically liberal family. Um, right. I, I am the weirdo to say, I follow mm-hmm. Jesus and, you know, I'm probably what you would call conservative and all these other things. So when you were saying these things to me, I'm like, hold on. Is this liberal mm-hmm. theology? And I got kind of scared. But then mm-hmm. when you walked me through and you said, no, this has nothing to do with liberal anything or conservative anything or theology anything or political anything, I'm right. walking you toward Jesus, whether you're somebody who believes in Jesus or not, because it will mm-hmm. make your life better. So you, you told yeah. us a story on, on uh, Monday about um, how you realized that you were living kind of a boring, um, unfulfilling Christian life, and yeah. you kind of asked God to rock your world. So, so review people that, review that for people, and then tell me how your husband began to be on board when you met with this guy who created a barefoot church. Yeah, great question. Um, for sure. I, I mentioned on Monday that only because I had no idea what else to do, because I was at the end of my Christian consumer options, and I had consumed them all, and I still felt dry, I didn't know what else to do. So at that point, I prayed this one-line prayer, um, just one Sunday in January, driving home from church, and I said, God, I just need you to raise up in me a holy passion. Now, what I meant by that was God, please give me happy feelings. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in a funk, and I don't like it, and I want you to fix it. That's really all I meant. Like, make me feel good about my life again. Something feels weird, and something feels off, and I have tension, and I don't like it. But you know God. He'll just do what he wants. Um, This is not a democracy, this thing with God. And so he took me seriously, and he raised up in me a holy passion, almost without my permission. And... And so for us, it began by turning our eyes to the poor. Now, understand that at the time, we didn't even have a category for the poor. I didn't know any poor people. I didn't even have that drawer to open. We were extremely surrounded by Christians and mostly affluent Christians at that. So we just, I just did not have any grips for that at all. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this is no formula. Please do not pick up Interrupted if you think you're going to get a 10-step book. But in our story... What God did is he began with the homeless community. And so this was a category of people that we had um, zero experience with. Um, I could not have told you one good and solid fact about homelessness or cycles of poverty. I mean, we were as dumb as it gets. Um, And as we engaged that community, we were as awkward as it gets. So what was kind of going on for us during that semester, um, it really began with just exposure. Like, we were just so insulated in our little particular brand of Christian groupthink. I did not even know what was going on in the world. So for us to begin this time of um, bringing in different sorts of teachers into our life and listening to new kinds of thinkers and starting to pay attention to sort of visionaries and what people are doing in the world, and it was just shocking. We were just so disconnected from that movement of God outside of our niche. And so... We had a lot of new leaders and teachers in our ears at that time. One of them, one of several, um, was it was a book, and it was called The Irresistible Revolution. Uh, it was written by a guy named Shane Claiborne, who just very radically lives out the gospel. I mean, there's just no other way to describe it. Um, but, oh, the book was making me crazy. Like, when you're talking about Interrupted, that's how I felt when I was reading The Irresistible Revolution. It's just making me bonkers, asking questions that I had literally never even thought to ask before. Yeah. Um, and so we found out that this guy, Shane, this radical, crazy guy, was coming, coming to Austin on Easter that semester. And, and so we had spent four months just kind of in full upheaval, spiritual upheaval. And so um, 
we decided to go hear him on Easter night. Now, we were already on staff at another church. So, I mean, we'd had, I honestly think we'd had six or eight services at our own church between Saturday and Sunday. So we were Easter exhausted. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So we were, we sort of packed up and put on some jeans and hoodies and went downtown that Easter night to, to be with the tiny little church that met on the campus of the University of Texas and and then Shane, who was their guest speaker tonight, and his story is so very compelling. And we were just sitting there, just flattened in our seats. But at the end of it, he says, um, I was in San Antonio this morning with a homeless community, a large homeless community. And I asked, them their, I asked their leader, what do you need? And he said, we need shoes. Like, you know, we stand and we walk all day in shoes that people have given away. They're already broken down. And so he said, we're about to have communion. And it's the kind of communion where you come forward and take communion at the altar. And he said, if you feel led, do not do it if you don't. But if you do, when you come forward to take communion, leave your shoes and leave your socks. And we're going to wash all those and drive those down to San Antonio tomorrow. So (laughs) Brandon and I look at each other. And then we kind of looked down at our feet with dread because, well, we were both wearing the brand-new cowboy boots that we had bought each other for Christmas. Um, and so we have spent so much money on them, more money than I've ever spent on a pair of shoes in my life. Mm. And so I started having this kind of war with God. Like, God, no, it's a terrible idea. Like, what homeless girl needs cowboy boots, God? These aren't even comfortable. They'll hurt her feet. They're not even broken in. I'm just making stuff up. Sure. And so God's like, hey. I want you to take your shoes down front. This is not about your boots. I need to teach you something. And so Brandon and I, oh, we were so sad. Oh, we pulled our beautiful boots off our feet. I think I kissed them, and I'm not joking. I raised them to my mouth. (laughs) And we took them down, and we left them. And there was this moment after the service when we're watching this very simple, simple service. I mean, so rudimentary, so ordinary, so plain. Just the only thing that was special about it was the worship of Jesus that was so so pure and so precious. But so we're watching this room of just simple believers and they're laughing and they're smiling and they're all walking out into the freezing cold night barefoot on purpose. And God literally said to my spirit, Jen, this is what I want my church to look like. I want solidarity with the poor. I meant that. I want you to be on mission in this city with other believers, like caring for this community. And I want just I want you to be self-sacrificing when I ask you to be, and I want you and Brandon to go figure out what it means to become a barefoot church. And it was just an enormous turning point in our story where we realized, oh my gosh, things are never going to be the same again. Yeah. Now, Jen, I I would appreciate it if you'd indulge me for a minute, because this is not me taking your time away. This is me pitching the message that I believe is primary that God right. has given to you. So, so let me say this. Jen does go through some statistics in her book, Interrupted. She tells us things like of the six, peop- uh, the six billion people on planet Earth, about 1.2 billion live on 23 cents a day. Half the world lives on less than $2 a day. Here in yeah. America, if you make more than $50,000 annually, you are in the top 1%, which, right. you know, that would make me and my friends. Um, then she goes on to tell us that here in America, we spend more annually on trash bags than yeah. nearly half the world spends on all of their goods combined. Yeah. Okay, right. so here's what I want to say. This is not a book. 
that reminds you that you should be helping the poor and the homeless. I know yeah. there are some people politically that are resistant to the poor and the homeless because yeah. they feel like we've made them entitled and that they feel like some of them are lazy and they take advantage of the government. And I, and I get it. I get that there's a whole contingent of people saying, who should we really be helping if indeed they're just relying on the government and relying on our taxes? I get it. I get it. I get it. And I, I think there are people that disagree with what's going on when America goes over to help Africa before they help America. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Here's what Jen is doing. Jen is reminding us that in the Bible, Jesus repeatedly hung out with poor people, repeatedly hung out with it prostitutes, does. lepers, all of the rejected, all of the downtrodden, all of the people that had been marginalized in our society and we conveniently kind of forget about that not always right. i have many christian friends that don't always forget it i don't always forget it god has asked me to do some very uncomfortable things to help some very uncomfortable people so so but here's what i want to say this is not you listening to a radio show and me saying get up and start giving all your money away and go save the homeless that is not what's right. going on here here's what's going on jen reminds us that if we really believe in jesus and even if we don't we just admire him here's what he came to do he came to say there are millions Millions and millions and millions of hurting people in the world. And if you think I just want you to have an easy life and just come yeah. to pray to church on Sundays, no, I'm asking you to just see the woman who looks bedraggled, who walks by your house every day with a stroller and doesn't look like she takes very good care of her children and she might look like she uses drugs. I'm asking you to walk out your front door and say, hey, would you like to have a cup of coffee? Way out of your box, but that's helping somebody that Jesus would want you to help. I'm asking you to look the maid at your hotel in the eye and say, what does she need? God told me to take a necklace off my neck one day and said, give it to that maid and make her happy, make her feel loved. And so I walked over and gave this precious brand new necklace to this woman and it changed everything. So this isn't me saying, or Jen saying, go out and help all the poor and the homeless, some of whom you think are probably homeless by choice. No, this is me saying, if you really believe that Jesus was a great man, or if you follow him in your religion, God asks you to please rise up and do what he asked you to do to love the people in this world that are hurting. That's it's right. it's That's that simple. That is, it's the and end those of it. people are everywhere. Those people are, um, they're around the world suffering injustices that you and I cannot even comprehend, things that we would never, ever be vulnerable to. And they are the people who live next door. Yeah. Um, some of them are in our homes. We live with these people. So people are hurting and people are broken, and we're really only on this earth for a minute. I mean, we just, we have a breath and our generation is over. Yeah. Um, this is our one chance. This is it. We have one moment in history to live by faith and we're in it. Yeah. And so really it is simply a matter of what am I, how am I spending my minutes and my days? And that's going to look a, a million different ways for a million different people. God charts our paths in so many unique ways. I'm grateful for that because I can never transfer your story into mine or mine into yours. I mean, it's just all going to look completely different. But I think the gospel's the same, and I think Jesus said, um, here's how I want you to live your life. Love me most. Love God. Mm -hmm. And just behind that, just like it, is love your neighbor as yourself. Go do those two things, and you will live. I mean, that's our life. Those yeah. are our marching orders. And so for me, if I was fundamentally constructing my life outside of those two core values, then I'm off task. It's just that simple. So what does on task look like? Again, this is not a formula. Um, God is making that clear to me. And I want to say something, too. I mean, for your listeners who are listening, um, thinking, oh, gosh, she mentioned homeless people, so I feel like tuning out. Um, I just I'm not going to listen to that or I don't agree with that. I want to say something. First of all, if you're listening and think, I don't, want to, I don't want to change. I don't want God to raise up in me a holy passion. <laughs> I like my life. Yeah. I want to say exactly what it is. 
I want to say something. I get it. I hear you. I completely identify with that, and I understand that. And I want you to hear me say something. Um, what is the, tr- the tricky thing about the gospel, the thing that is so funny, is that God is not actually out to ruin our lives. No. Surprise, surprise. No. He's not out to, like, take away everything beautiful, everything wonderful, every, everything fulfilling. As it turns out, living in the gospel, in the footsteps of Jesus, is where all the joy is. It's where all the happiness is. It's where all the fulfillment is. It is life. And so what may seem daunting and overwhelming, and we would resist it maybe on the front end because so much of it is unknown, I promise you, on the other side of it, it is meaningful. It is life-giving. I mean, it is just like, this is the stuff. Yeah. This is what we're called to. It's adventurous. Yeah. It's exciting. It matters. Yeah, and, and it, we sort of come to life in it. And well, and for those that are attached to the nice things of the American life, I looked it up. God does say He wants prosperity for His people in, in Zechariah one seventeen, but in all kinds of ways. So yeah, today maybe He wants you to go get that massage, and He gave it to you because He wants to bless you, and He's giving Jen a home makeover, and He gave me a lovely trip, or He gives me free little gifts sometimes. That I think, oh my gosh, you really saw where I, what I wanted today. But maybe He wants you to take that massage money and go bless somebody else. It's all a blessing. It's all a blessing. And God is not trying to take away prosperity in any sense of the world. So I love that. And I want to prove it to you by Jen's story about her husband, Brandon, Brandon, giving away some money and how quickly God blessed him back. And it's not all about giving and receiving immediately. You know, I gave away, you know, this much money and God gave it right back to me and a Mercedes. That's not what it's about. But, but Brandon has a beautiful story in the book. I'm going to have Jen repeat for you when we come back. This is amazing conversation. I really hope it's inspiring people, not hurting people. Uh, I'm going to go straight to a song that has everything to do with what we're talking about and then we're going to come back with Jen Hatmaker on Channel Mom. I woke up this morning saw a world full of trouble now I thought how do we ever get so far down and how's it ever going to turn around so I turned my eyes to heaven I thought God why don't you do something Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at heaven. I said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. I created you. If not us, then These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. (sighs) What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. Hi, this is Jenny, and I want to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Walters. She's a mom to three kids, so she understands that when you buy a home, you want a place where your family can build beautiful memories. As a real estate broker, Michelle can help you find the place you love coming home to, the right home at the best price. Whether you want to buy or sell, start your home search with Michelle Walters at SuburbanDenverProperties.com. 
You can also find Michelle's weekly blog, The Thinking Mom, on ChannelMom.com. Hey, welcome back to Channel Mom. Gotta admit, this is one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, I've been blessed to interview the guys on Duck Dynasty and Michelle Duggar from 19 Kids and Counting, and they were fabulous, but I'm loving this show because I really think it's, uh, as I said, life-changing. And I don't want to oversell that, but I, but I do want to help people to wake up to what they were meant to do. Um, so we're back with Jen Hatmaker, the author of Interrupted, has a brand new HGTV show coming out tomorrow, a home makeover. Most moms love those. My big family renovation. We'll let you know how you see that and get her books at the end. But right away, I did tell you that Jen was going to tell an amazing story about her husband, Brandon, giving away some money, uh, somewhat begrudgingly <laughs> and what happened in the midst of that. It's in the book. Tell us about it, Jen. And uh, that was during those those months of upheaval. And so God was just throwing everything against the wall. Just it was just like a tsunami. Yeah. Coming at us. And so we didn't know which way was up at this point. And and, and Brandon tells the story about waking up one morning, just having a strong spiritual sense that he was going to encounter a specific homeless person that day and be called upon to help him. Well, gosh, Austin is jammed with homeless people. So he was like, God, I don't know. How am I going to know which one? There's so many homeless people in our city. And God was like, you know what? You'll know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So he drove. He was out in, the, in town a couple of hours later. And he said he turned around and there's this, there's this guy he's homeless. He's deaf. He's dirty, um, and he's standing behind Brandon, like right at his car, and he's holding a picture of Jesus and pointing at it. Oh. <laughs> I'm laughing. I mean, Brandon was like, um, I get it, okay. <laughs> and um, so I ended up spending the day with him and his wife. His wife had cancer. They were in a day-rate motel. Gosh, we've learned so much about the cycles of poverty since then um, and how hard it is to break the cycle. But um, So he met a lot of their immediate needs and um, kind of added it up, feeling selfish about Want to hang on to that money earlier in the day. I think the total came to 195. Um, 195, not a lot of money. Um, it kind of, we were pinching pennies at the time. He had told me, do not spend anything else for paycheck, but in the big scheme of things, 195. And he, uh, he tells the story how he went back to his office and had an envelope with his name on it. And it was an unexpected check and it was written out to him for this random reason. And it was 195. Yeah. And so it's not that God just says, give and I'll completely restore it to you. It was a faith builder. It yeah. was God saying, I got this. I yeah. have you in this. You can trust me and you can obey me. Yeah, it's so good. Thank you for telling that story. I do want to let folks know that her book is, is the re-released version, the revised and expanded, Interrupted, When Jesus Wrecks your comfortable Christianity. And by the way, it's it's written for those who don't believe in Jesus and those who do believe in Jesus. It, I, I mean it when I say it. This is not false marketing. I really believe it will change your life. Mm. Um, and, and moms out there. Now, here's the thing. I, it, was, it occurred to me that as I serve moms, I constantly yeah. am, am asking God, how do I serve moms from a place where Jesus served people? How do I serve yeah. him, them and not just a cute little like, oh, can I buy you a cup of coffee or whatever? But, but in big, large, these are suffering moms ways. God at one point said, are you willing to leave the 99 to serve the one? Meaning, mm. are you willing to walk away from your audience uh, some days, your, your radio audience, you know, constantly counting numbers and money, and, and say, who can I find? What mother can I find mm. today that's struggling? So he showed me the way in which he's in this ministry toward moms. However, I want you to explain briefly, in relation to your book, how mothers can do this, can get their mm. lives interrupted and serve people because they're natural servants. They can follow Jesus and do this thing. And I love that. First of all, mothers already are servants. So in so many ways, 
moms who are raising children just embody the gospel. I mean, really, if motherhood has not taught us to die to self, then we're not listening. <laughs> yeah. So you already are. I mean, in so many ways, you already are. But it's exciting to, to raise children. Um, when I think about sort of these elements of the gospel that I had managed to just hold at arm's length for so long, what, I, what I've learned is that the best, most open recipients for the gospel are children. There's a reason that Jesus said, um, children can receive my kingdom almost better than anybody, because they can't. Yeah. Um, because they hear about uh, someone who's lost or lonely or hurting or struggling, and they think, well, let's help them. Well, yeah. let's love them. Yeah. Well, let's invite them over. It's yeah. just that simple. They don't have our baggage. They don't have our issues. And so what a wonderful time to raise children in the real gospel, to really open our children's eyes while they're so young, yeah. while they're still so able to open their eyes and say, let's look at the world around us, you guys. How can we be a blessing in our neighborhood, in our community, and in this world? Our children will eat that up with a spoon. They're made for it. <laughs> and so we get to launch them as just disciples who love Jesus and are ready to engage the world like he did. Right, and you will, you will change the world by raising the next Mother Teresa. And you're a mom, and you think, I'm just a mom. No, you're not. You will nope. change the world by raising someone like that. We have a minute yep. left. Jen, let folks know how they can watch your HGTV special coming up tomorrow and get your books. I uh, love it. Oh, I hope you enjoy it. It's so fun to film, and it was so such a pleasure. What a delight it was. Our show airs this Thursday. August 7th, um, and it's there's 30 minute episodes back to back. So it's 10 and 10:30 on Thursdays for four straight weeks, and so you can find it on HGTV. Awesome. And it's called My Big Family Renovation. Awesome. And your books? The book is interrupted. Um, the book after that is called Seven: An Experimental Meat, and it gives access. You can find all my books on my website, which is Jen Hatmaker. And I'd love to have you over there. Awesome. Jen, I hope you and I meet someday. God bless you, dear. Me too. All right. Me too, Jenny. Thanks for being on Channel Mom. All right, we'll return telling you what's coming up for the rest of the week. Woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble. Now I thought, how do we ever get so far down? And how's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. These days, couples will work for just about anything from communication to companionship. From fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. If you are a mom who wants your kids to grow up and love going to the dentist, then I have to tell you about Pediatric Dental Group of Colorado. As a one-time patient myself and now the mother of patients, I know firsthand they understand the unique needs of children, especially when it comes to the subject of dentistry. Dr. Strange and Dr. Cathers not only care about making the dental visit fun and rewarding, they also strive to help children learn to be good dental patients. They do this by coaching the child and the parent, encouraging good oral health care, and providing high-quality dental treatment. This is accomplished in a fun and child-friendly atmosphere. All of the pediatric dentists and orthodontists have two years of additional training beyond dental school. They are board certified and specialized in the dental care of infants, children, and young adults. The dental team is uniquely qualified to take care of your child during their dental visit. The Pediatric Dental Group is proud to have locations in Arvada, Wheat Ridge, Lakewood, Lafayette, and Evergreen. You have to find out more, and you can do so at pediatricdentalgroupco.com. 
Coming up the rest of the week, we're going to tell you a hoarder's story from the Hoarders TV show and how to help you get the value out of your home. In the meantime, moms, thanks for listening. I hope the show has really helped you. Thanks for all you do as mom serving others. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening to Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Find podcasts, clips, blogs, and contact information at channelmom.com.